it's the, the the power division is powerful. When you divide people, it keeps you distracted. And I'm not going to go into this whole, you know, there's a lot of conspiracy theorists around here, but I'll say, you know, this major problems happening and in, in this society that needs to be addressed. You know, the amount of kids getting shot by gun violence, you know, mm-hmm. all of these uh, chemicals being spilt. Like there was a, a train derailment in Ohio. Most oh, people yeah. didn't know about, you know, stuff like that is happening. But more people are more, I'm more oppressed than you. Everybody wants, you know, everybody wants sympathy. And the, the our media is, they're making money off of this stuff. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't even realize now New York people are calling New York Post a, a, a Republican, uh, you know, newspaper. They're calling this newspaper a Democrat. You know, everything is a label. Everything. I don't know everything. It, it's nuts. I mean, back then, yeah, it was rough. Back then, it was rough, but it wasn't many labels. It was just people. You know, a group of people hated one another. Now it's like this group hates this group. This group hates that group. That group hates that. Group. It's it's, it's 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 ridiculous, and I think it's just like it's a way for our media and our government to keep people uh, divided. When you're not together, when you're not working together, you can't change things. And it's it's sad to see so many people have so much hate in their heart. Listen to the vibes. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Listen to the Vibes, and I'm very, very privileged to have Mr. Percy Brown here with me. He's an actor, a comedian. You're a podcaster as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. The most charismatic man in entertainment. Glad to be here. What does it say? You're the the prince of of fresh air? Yes, that's right. Prince of fresh air. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not well, the, fr- the fresh prince of bel-air but <laughs> there's a lot more to you than than just that so i'm gonna let you kind of kick things off by telling us a little bit more about you yes absolutely you know a lot of people see the the good looks the tall dark and handsome uh the hair and they get memorized and i always tell people you know there's more that meets the eye so you know for me um Believe it or not, I grew up in the projects in New York City, New Yorker, born and raised. Um, and I, I just grew up in the in the city. I've you know been involved, well, not personally been involved, but I've been around gang activity, criminal activity. Um, you know, I've witnessed a lot of shootings on the weekends. Uh, a lot of my friends, um, you know, got hurt to gun violence. I've been approached by gang members, almost jumped at the age of thirteen in middle school. Um, but I never let that deter me. I've always been more of the studier type. So I played chess competitively when I was a kid. I had a master too, so I, I, I did uh compete in tournaments, um, did card magic for over a decade. Um, and uh, you know, I've always been one to uh I, I knew what I wanted to do at an early age, at the, around the age of 12, 13, I knew I wanted to be an actor. So since then, my foot, my determination has been acting. So I've I've uh, went to high school for acting. I performed all over New York City, off Broadway. I've worked with celebrities. Um, I went to St. Bonaventure University, where I graduated in 2018 with my BA in theater. And then, you know, ever since then, I, I kind of just bounced back and forth between L.A. and New York. 
Uh, just, you know, d- focusing on my career, looking for the next big gig. Um, and, uh, you know, I created the podcast over the pandemic because uh, the entertainment industry is a very, it's a hard, unpredictable, uh, you know, career. So it's always nice to have something that's a little more stable in my life that allows me to be creative um, that I can also do. And I'm young too. So I said, why not? If I fail at it, you know, I still got time to to bounce back. But luckily, I haven't. So that that's the good thing. <laughs> well, you talk about your good looks. They tell me I have great look for radio. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told I have a face for radio. So, <laughs> Man, you know, the pandemic is bad as it was. There was a few positive things that I got out of it. One, like so doing the podcast, I think it's when I really got serious about it. It gave some people more time to, to give you to do a show. And it also kind of opened up this whole doing things by Zoom or whatever video outlet you might have. But that, I guess you could say that was the best part of it for me anyway. Right. Uh, you know, I, I've talked about on my on a podcast some of the other you know stuff I've done. You know, I like the pandemic, and I think it depends on who you are as a person. But I felt like it made me allowed me to be creative and find new ways to be creative. I think if you just use that time to just eat Doritos and watch TV, you probably thought it was a big waste. But I always tell people like when you like that opportunity as bad as it was, unfortunately, you know, all the people that lost their lives, unfortunately, but you know, that time I created this podcast and it actually wasn't called the Prince of Fresh Air when I first started. It was, uh, I, I had no name. It took me a while to come up with a name. It was called controversial topics when I first started, but you know, I, I started doing it cause you know, me and my buddies, we, we always been opinionated. Us New Yorkers, very opinionated. Always want to speak. No. So I said, yeah, I know. It's a shock. <laughs> it's a shock. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I was in LA when the pandemic, I actually just moved to LA when the pandemic started. So people knew I wasn't from LA. So they was like, you know, you should, you should think about doing, you know, interviews and stuff. So me and my buddy, we decided, you know what, let's do a podcast. So one day, I it was just, I think it was maybe a month or two into the pandemic. I said, you know, I'm getting bored just playing video games and vaping because that was all I was doing. You know, I was, you know, what, 23, 24. Uh, so I was just playing video games, vaping, waiting for the next opportunity. And, you know, my agents did work hard for me, but it was just like it, it, the entertainment industry shut down. So it wasn't much gigs. Um, and so I was just... I was feeling lazy. So one Saturday, I just I, I picked up my phone. Uh I had a little cheap microphone that I used for, for self-tapes for acting, and we recorded my first episode like that. And it wasn't the greatest quality, but you know what? It started something that I said, you know what, let me give it a try at least. And then, you know, a couple episodes in, I, I got feedback. He was like, Yeah, the you could probably do better with the audio, but I love the way how you, you talk. You, you're very presentable. You're very charismatic. You know, you should continue doing it. And so, you know, that one Saturday turned this podcast I did. Uh, I wrestled. It took me a while with the name. I think I had most con- uh, controversial topics for for quite a while. And then I wanted something catchy because with podcasting, you know, everybody started hopping on the podcast trend. Um I wanted something that was catchy that stood out. 
And so I knew controversial topics was going to be a long-standing, popular name. So uh, I think uh, someone, um, it was a search engine thing I did. I just, I was throwing out different catchphrases, different names. And then I came up with the Prince of Fresh Air. So, you know, the you had the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It's just spin on that, but it's different. And, like, when you think of the name the Prince of Fresh Air, it's catchy, but actually means something. So fresh air is not just a, a catchy slogan. It's actually my version of being able to have an open con- conversation. And, and this time, as you know, we don't have those type of conversations no more. It's usually, if you don't agree, mm-hmm. shut up, you canceled, you you know, move on. So for me, it became, uh, I think I officially came up with that name in 2021, and I've ran with it since, and you know, luckily I've been able to to grow it, interview some amazing people, uh, you know, learn amazing backstories, and even for myself, start opening up a little bit because a lot of people just see me and they think, oh, okay, he he thinks he's full of himself, he's a tool job, which I am. I'm not saying I'm not, <laughs> but <laughs> there's more sides to me. <laughs> you know, when we have open conversations, and I'm guilty of this too instead of really saying what's on your mind, we try to soften everything and not really say what we mean. At least the ones that I see on YouTube and and whatever, they, that's the way they seem to be. Um, but you're, you're not like that. You're, you really say what you mean, right? Absolutely. You, you, you have to, people want to hear your opinion. And that's why for me, um, uh, it's been important for me to say my truth on a podcast. Now, my 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 journey through podcasting has been, and it's different for everybody, you know. But you know, as someone who kind of has a, a public figure like aspect to him, I have to be a little more careful what, what I say because I know mm-hmm. as a New Yorker, I could be a little more, uh, you know, brazen and, and ruthless with how I talk. So I also got to be aware that you know. Not everybody wants to hear that, and you know, this is the time and a place for that. So I've learned, you know, throughout my journey, especially podcasting, it's taught me the idea of balance. So while I don't limit free speech, I don't edit podcasts if I don't like something uh, that a guest said or I said. Um, I do keep it in a way where whatever you say, as long as you tell me, eh, I want that cut out. It's free reign. You speak what you want. You speak your truth, you speak your peace, and no topic is off boundaries. So, you know, on my podcast, we, I've had, you know, celebrity actors on. I've had people who work at McDonald's. I've had teachers, uh, drug addicts turned musicians, you know, drug addicts turned professionals. And it, it it's all about learning. So, you know, my slogan for my podcast, a helping hand is a better hand. And I came up with that because, you know, when I was in college, I actually got to work with a lot of people who struggle with drug addiction, drug abuse. Um, they volunteered. So at my college, we had a um, a place called the Warm House. And it was a a, a place in the community uh, nearby in the next town where, you know, people of low income uh, who were struggling could come and have a free meal that was hot and cooked that we prepared. So a lot of the volunteers were people in halfway houses. Uh, part of their probation was to do community service. And I got to meet a lot of them over the summers. Instead of being at home with the family, I stayed up there and I worked on a farm. I worked at that place. And I've learned that some of the most 
the people at their lowest points in their life are some of the most caring, some of the most you know forgiving, some uh, some of the most uh, uh, driven. And I've used that lesson um, throughout my journey with podcasts. It's always a way for someone to learn. And so everybody, a lot of people feel like they don't have a story to tell. Everybody has a story to tell, yep. you know, and it doesn't matter if you're famous or rich. Everybody has a story to tell. And there's always somebody who can learn from it. So, you know, I've had, you know, people on the podcast, like I said, struggle with addiction, you know, had a life changing injury. They're like, oh, nobody wants to hear my opinion. Nobody wants to hear. And then it turns out that episode is the highest rated episode I've ever had. So it's it, it's not about how you feel that people might interpret. It's about the message. And the message is help each other. You know, you may not think your words is going to help somebody, but there's always somebody out there who's going through the same thing you might uh, be going through or have experienced what you're going through. And they probably need some help, guidance, and they want to hear somebody who suffered, who went through the trials and tribulations and can give them the wor- words of encouragement of how to bounce back and recover and, and keep going forward. So that's that's how I operate my podcast. It's more about entertaining, charisma, of course, but learning, you know, taking away something important from the from the episodes. Yeah, that's why I do my show. There's many things that I've done in my life that I'm very ashamed of. And then there's things that have happened to me that is, let's face it, it's embarrassing. But I'm very open about it. And I bring on people that have had similar, even worse than what I've been through. So that person out there knows, hey, there's hope. There's a way out. And it's I think it's very important that we try to promote shows like what we do over a lot of the more let's face it a lot of them are trashy they don't have any (laughs) value whatsoever right i mean yeah okay it's entertaining i I find myself watching some of those videos myself but then you bring on someone who's gone through an addiction or sexual whatever's happened to them right and then that one person out there hears that story and like wow i went through that too I can I can make it. You might make the difference out of somebody going home and ending their lives, you know? Absolutely. You know, I've been fortunate to meet people that I knew it. I I didn't know. And you know, it, the crazy part about it is it's been a learning experience for me too, because you know, like it I start off with the whole good looks and the good hair, not not to I mean I'm rubbing it in a little bit, but a lot of people don't realize I have a past myself. It may not be as traumatic as many people's but a lot of people you know you may look at somebody and say oh they're pretty they're perfect they look like this and you know i'll tell you the story like one of these girls i i had on a podcast i actually met her while i was working at my my local gym uh a couple years ago and she was one of those girls you see it you be like oh she's pretty she should be a model she's perfect and then you hear a story she's battling lupus, you know, she's had a lot of health issues and, you know, she doesn't let that stop her, but Mm -hmm. that's something you may look at her parents and say, really, she's going through that. So it really goes to show that sometimes you can't judge a book by its cover because some of the most perfect looking people are the most struggling. I mean, look at Robert Williams. He was a talented actor, comedian, and he looked larger than life and look what happened. He struggled with depression. So it's, you know, everybody, you know, I, 
one of the things I always tell people who come on a podcast, you know, don't feel like you have to be a person you're not. You know, for me, it's about entertainment. You know, I want to be one of those podcasts people like, oh, it's like no charisma at all. Because I've I've listened to a few of those where, let's face it, nobody really wants to hear about you drinking beer on a Sunday. You know, nobody really wants <laughs> right. to hear that, right? But you know, if you have some personality, you make it fun. So if people driving, you know, in a car, they're stuck in traffic, they, you know, they get some laughter, you know, they hear, you know, different layers, you know, it elevates the, the, the talking point. So when I have people come on with these stories, I try to make it as fun and entertaining, but also serious. So when it's time for us to talk about, you know, let's say one of the guys recently I had on, he had a life-changing uh, injury on the workplace. So when, when we get to topics like that, we make it serious, but mm-hmm. we also try to make it so where, you know, it's not, you know, too somber, you know, it's a learning experience because I know it has an effect on him in a way that now he's just drinking all day and he can't, you know, it's a way for him to now come on a podcast and just say, you know, instead of doing that, my wife helped me. I'm doing this. I'm doing that, you know, projects I never thought I'd be able to do. I'm actually doing and the success I'm seeing you know, I want those stories to be told because so many times in this society is so negative. It's not a lot of positivity. You, you go on Twitter, you go on the news, everything is negative. Oh, you don't mm-hmm. see nothing positive, you know? And I think that's what we're missing is that positivity. You know, we need more, like you said, positive podcasts where you could take something away from it. You can learn something from it opposed to, yeah, I smoke five blunts. <laughs> you know, it's just, but <laughs> Easter on, I'm not judging, but that's just me. That's just me. <laughs> um, I try not to show my emotions when I'm doing my show. And the reason is I, I want to be composed for my audience and for, for my guest. I mean, it's about my guest, not about me. The only time I can say that I broke down and cried, I had a lady on who she she had been molested. She had been uh, she had been taken advantage of, and she had all these. I mean, she'd been beaten. I mean, all these things happened to her, and then as she finally got out of that situation, she ended up with a disease that there's no cure. And she, I think she had six months left to live. And she was a few months into to that when she did my show. But she was still writing books and doing podcasts, trying to get that message out there to try to bring hope. And this, if anybody had a reason to be bitter, it was her. Oh, absolutely. But she still had this upbeat outlook. And she knew she was going to die, but she knew that she needed to get a message out. And I, I mean, it, it broke my heart. If you didn't at least shed a little tear, listen to her story, you had no feelings as a human being. Right. But, but she was trying to bring positivity. That whole thing could have been a cry fest, but she was trying to bring positivity out there. Oh my God. If she can do that, why the heck can't I do that? Why can't I bring something out there? And I, I I think that's what we need to get across to that regular person on the road, on the street is hey, you got you might have a message to tell. You don't have to be in Hollywood. You don't have to be you know a Grammy winner to get a message out there. I, mean, I didn't know this who this lady was. 
and look how she affected me. Right. And I know she affected some of the people that listen to this to the show. But I'm going to kind of get back to your acting. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's starting to be a trend where some of these actors are getting fed up with what's going on in Hollywood. And I'm not going to yeah. get deep into what it is, but you've got to, got to guess. Uh, I think re- most recently was uh, Idris Elba. Uh, you know, yeah. it's like, look at me as an actor, not for my skin color, that kind of thing. And you've got others that are coming out and speaking out against the cancel culture and everything else that's going on. I know that there has been some actors who have been openly about their Christianity and they're getting blacklisted. Well, that's already making things difficult. And I'm also starting to hear from more and more people that they're kind of sick of Hollywood altogether. I think they're losing a lot of their luster. And some people are turning to independent filmmakers. It may not be as high quality as what you're getting out of Hollywood, but at least it's got a good story to it. Right. Right. And there's already enough competition out there. I mean, look how many actors we have. How much more difficult is that making it for you? Right. You know, Hollywood is uh, I always speak highly, but I'm almost also well aware and I'm very vocal about it. It's there is some good things happening. Like I said, you know, diversity, inclusion, you know, it, it, it's funny. Um, just to bring it back a little bit. I was, you know, the park I go work out at, there's an older gentleman there who, who, every time he sees me, he asks me about acting. We talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and all these big, big actors and stuff. And I always tell him, you know, back then, you know, to be a Hollywood actor, to be even considered, you had to be white. You had to be the standard pretty boy white dude. And the standards changed. So now the days of being the, the blonde hair, blue eye, hot chick to play in all these movies now that you're seeing diversity and inclusion which is a good thing but and that token like you said it's people see the glisten and glamour and they see oh you know he got the the captain america shield it, it looks amazing there's a lot more work there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that people aren't aware of so for me the acting i always tell people if you want to get into acting it's going to change you and it's you it could be a good thing or be a bad thing. Um, it really just depends on how old you are too when you get in. Because you notice a lot of child actors, unfortunately, they do they turn into drugs and stuff because they're not prepared. People take advantage of them. Um, and so, it, it, acting is a it's much more complicated than a thing. You know, people think it's just taking a couple of acting classes and. Gonna get booked in these TV shows. No, it's a lot of opinions, a lot of people watching, a lot of people with judgment. So I'll give an example. You know, I've had a great audition. I just had an audition for a TV show, right? And I stand audition for some people might think, oh, you know, you just hop on camera, remember, uh, you know, read the lines off the paper and send it in. No, no, it's the the standard has changed. Before you could get away with that. Now. With the pandemic making it so where more actors are actually doing it at home, um, the industry standard is you memorize your lines. Uh, you have to, you know, come up with your character, and when you send it in, you have to edit it. You have to do certain things that they want to see, and that's just the first step. You know, then you have to call back. That you know, the first step is just the casting director. They choose their favorites. They send it to the director. That's the callback. The callback is the directors. 
uh, come in. Uh, so you have the casting director, producer, the director, maybe an executive for like, let's say if it's a Netflix show, uh, Kevin Faye will come in. Um, then they see uh, the top choices for the callback. So, you know, as the steps go along, the smaller the pool gets. So it really, I've heard stories of actors getting, you know, turned away from leading roles in major movies because they reminded the, the 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 executive producer of his ex-wife. You know, it, it's it really is one of those things where you don't know how these people are going to cast. It, it's not a negative thing, but it's a, it, it changes you to to change how you think. So a lot of people think I'm older because of where I talk, but it's not because I'm in my 30s. It's just because I've been in this industry long enough to know you have to mature. So you, you're going to constantly check yourself. Oh, you know, maybe I need to lose a little weight. Uh, I look a little fat on camera. You know, my auditions suck. Maybe I need to get back in class. It's a very critical industry. And not everybody in the industry is critical, but it makes you feel that way. You know, when you go on in that casting office, when you hear the feedback from auditions and stuff, it's it's a very hard process. And the, the fact of the matter is, most actors don't work often. You know, unless you're Will Smith or Denzel, where people call you, you don't work often. So it, it's one of those things. It's it's a hobby essentially when you first start, but when you start auditioning for you know bigger projects, there's more competition. Um, you're not going to work as much because so many other people. But the good and cool thing about it is now you have streaming platforms. So now you're not vying for the same role in every blockbuster movie. Now you can do a, a hit show on Amazon. You could do a hit show on HBO Max, Netflix. You know, you're seeing Netflix actors, you know, get million dollar paydays. You never seen that before until, you know, when Friends was on air in two thousand what five. You know, mm-hmm. maybe those cast members were getting paid. But nowadays you don't really see that. So it it's for me, it's it's made the journey easier but also harder because now even though there's more opportunity it's more people because now everybody knows all, all i need to do is just do it from home so more people to send in the self tapes because that's the standard now but now you're it's flooding the gates for everybody so you know back you know before the pandemic you only had to have an agent to audition for a lot of this stuff and you still typically do now but now with the rise of self tapes more actors, you know, if you have a better sound equipment than a talented actor, you might get a better result because your your lighting might be a little bit more perfect than this guy. So it's mm-hmm. it's just like little things like that. In a good way, in a bad way, is a good thing. Um, but I would say my journey is probably where I need to be. Is is you know, am I want to be? Am I am where I want to be? No, but. I think I always know I have a whole list. I have a, a vision of what I want to do. I know at some point I will get there and it's not a journey. It's a sprint. This industry is not about being the most talented, being the best looking because you will meet an actor on the street who can outact anybody, but they don't have the name. They don't have the same opportunities. They don't have the media platform to push themselves out there. So now you have to be social media driven. If you want to be an actor, why a lot of productions want actors who have good decent followings who are active on social media who can promote you know we were talking about this before before we you know we 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 hit the record button but now they want to see that you can bring some eyeballs that you can promote the movies you know it's it, everything is a machine it's a business so mm-hmm. now 
You have to treat it like a business. I tell people it's business first, talent later. And you see, you see with sports, I, I I won't speak too much, but you see even with sports now, you know, you see more athletes coming out with brands. You know, they starting their own businesses. Mm-hmm. They're doing, why? Because they see that you're making more money being a businessman than a sportsman. And it, it's not wrong with that, but realize that it's all about profit nowadays. Whether it's the NBA, Hollywood, the music industry is all about profit. If you're not making profit, if you're not bringing eyeballs, eh, they they they're going to find somebody who can do that. And 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 that's the bottom line. You know, it's all about the profit. You have to treat yourself like a business. You know, the hair is a, is a signature look for me, and that's how people recognize me. So if a casting agent sees me, usually most of the time they're going to keep calling me back because they're like, "Oh, I remember this guy." So it's a business. You got to treat yourself as a business. That's the number one thing I would tell people: treat yourself as a business. I mean, look at Michael Jordan, probably the best at it out there. I mean, geez, the yeah. shoes and everything else. I mean, you know Michael Jordan brand when you see it, right? Yeah, it's 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 all like I said, you know, back then it was different. You, you could be discovered walking down the street. A lot of these actors were discovered at a coffee shop, you know, walking down the street. Mm-hmm. They don't do that no more. It's just too many legal, uh, legal things that happens that they, they, they don't do that no more. They don't, you don't discover like that no more. Back then it was easy to get away with certain things because there was less cameras. There was less social media. Everything was kind of hush, hush on down low. Now you're seeing a lot of these stories of, uh, how people were treated on set back then, you know, they was top of the billboard, you know, everybody was like, oh, look at that. I can't wait to see this movie. But you know that, you know, things were happening to them behind the scenes. So it's, um, it's, it's, a, the industry has evolved, but it's always been, it's even more now a business than it is just about talent. Now, this is saying in the industry, uh, you know, business will get you in the door, but talent will keep you in. So, you have to have the skills to back it up at some point. So, you know, if you're going to be going in front of these major networks, you're going to have to need some talent. But to get into that door, you got to treat yourself your business. Why? You know, you could be great. You could be talented. You could you could be a better actor than Denzel. But if nobody ever sees you, then, you know, it's like shouting in Mount, you know, shouting in the, the Grand Canyons. Nobody's going to hear you, right? So, um it's definitely more of a business and it's more about what you bring to the table. So for me, I'm aware that when I go into a casting office, I'm not going in to be Superman. I'm not going in to be the lead of uh, uh, James Bond. I, I just know I, I'm not, you know, I'm not a fool to think that. So for me, my brand is I'm the guy who's going to come in and steal your girlfriend. I'm being a guy who, who, who has more charisma than anybody in the room. That's who I am. So it, it, this industry is all about perception and it's all about what people see you as. So one of the things I usually do is I always ask people, what do you think? What would you cast me as if you, if you shoot a movie, just to get an idea, because that's what casting agents do. That's what directors do. They look at you say, okay, realistically, eh, you're too short. You're too fat. You're too ugly. You're too pretty. They do that stuff. And that's why I say, you got to know who you are. You got to know your type and you got to know your brand. Cause once you know that, then you know, okay, I'm going to stay away from these type of things. I'm going to focus on this route. So that's what I do. I, I know my lane. I stay in my lane. I don't go too much 
you know, when you're young, you're doing college theater and stuff, it's easy to get away with that because nobody cares. But, you know, when you talk about money and stuff, you know, things get a little more, uh, a little more political, if you will. So <laughs> are you trying to, to kind of steer more to the comedy type movies or are you looking for maybe something more serious? Me personally, I'm not, I'm not against doing comedy. I actually would like to do comedy, but for me, I see myself action, you know, my size, my looks. I, I would love to do superhero movies that I think I would probably do a good job in that. But action, really, because for my size, you know, generally with comedy, even though it's changing, generally with comedy, they like the the Chris Farley's of the world. You you tend to see more of the Chris Farley types, heavy set yeah. white guys who might, don't mind doing physical comedy. So. I, I don't know if I'm at that point where I want to say I got fat tits, I got big, you know, I don't know if I want to do that type of comedy, but for action, I'm a tall dude. I have some size. So I know that I will probably be casting more like the, you know, the uh, I wouldn't say bouncer per se, but action movies, I would probably do stunts. I would do more uh, fights because I do train uh, kickbox and Muay Thai and stuff. So I would probably be thrown in that realm because of my size. Even Arnold Schwarzenegger, as, as good as he was, he got casted in the action stuff because of his size. Even if he thought he was funny, people thought he was funny. They tend to cast you in a certain way because it's more believable. So for me, it would probably be action that they would cast me. And once in a while, I'll probably do action, but I'm probably going to do more action horror movie type genre. I'm probably going to stick in that realm. Yeah. Let's face it, uh, Arnold's not exactly the best actor in the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. And it's funny. I was, ta- I, you know, the guy I was talking about. He always act like he always asked me, "How, you know, how did he get so famous? How did you know this journey? And this? It's it's really just it's luck, and it's you know back then, it's like I said, it was completely different. Arnold was someone back then you didn't see in Hollywood. You didn't see a Australian, uh, Austrian. Uh, dude with an accent who was huge, muscular, good-looking, young, white guy. You didn't see that. So he brought something. But even Arnold, you saw how he got typed. Well, at least for me, because I, I study. But Arnold, he didn't get a lot of speaking roles when he first started. You know, Terminated, Predator. He had very Go minimal man. dialogue. Yeah, he did. He he had some lines, but he was more of a physical presence than he was a Denzel. He wasn't chewing up the scenery with his words, but his physique is what spoke to people. And so that that's what played for him. If you watch trends of famous actors, favorite uh, famous the television, not so much, but even then you do. Um, actors tend to get put in a certain lane. Now, Will Smith, Denzel, there's certain certain actors who don't get put in that category. But generally, everybody at some point gets put in a box. And then maybe you can escape it. Maybe you can't. But you'll see a lot of big-name actors. Do You only see them doing comedy, drama. You'll see the screen queens, the girls that only get casted as the, the lead of a horror movie because that's what people see them, and they play that on their type. Dwayne Rock Johnson. I use him as an example. I don't know. I, I wouldn't say he's a horrible actor because he has shown when he first came to Hollywood he can't act. But what happened? Whether you agree he took steroids or not, you know that I'm not going to debate that today. But he got he put on size and look at him now. He's an action star. You know he don't do movies like The Rundown where he he has to show a little more range. He does movies where he shows up, kick ass, take names, and he wins at the end. 
and it's not wrong with that, but look at the money he makes. You know, would mm-hmm. you rather take, you know, do the same type of role where you know you could command twenty five million a paycheck, or do you want to be a little more diverse, maybe work a little more, but you get not a quarter of that pay? So it, it's a business, like I said. It's you know, some people may not like the tight casting, but you know what, Bruce Willis, uh, uh, Gene Claude Van Damme. Uh, Jackie Chan, they all got typecasted, but you know what? They made a lot of money doing so. So, you know, right. it's it just depends on who you are as an actor, really. Yeah. Well, there was that demand for the action movies. So, yeah, they were perfect for those roles. But, you know, we were talking the other day about Ryan Reynolds and Will Smith and how, you know, they're real kind of cocky and smart aleck. And <laughs> they always seem to play that same part in every movie. But when mm-hmm. they're they're given the chance to do something more dramatic, something more serious. They've shown they they have that depth. They can do it. Right. A lot of comedians are able to to transition to do those serious roles too. Right. Pay attention. Oh, absolutely. You know, I've had this guy, you know, a lot of comedians and people who fail to realize this, a lot of comedians have, trouble backgrounds a lot of times they make jokes of it so people don't realize but a lot of comedians have darkness to them but they they mm-hmm. express it in a comedy light so some people you know if they've been sexually abused as a child a lot of people tend not to make jokes about that right but a lot of comedians do joke about that oh my father touched me ah you know but when it's time for them when they get off stage you know like i said robert you see a lot of trends with comedians especially back then dying of drugs and alcohol because they have to suppress that. So that's probably why they do a great job in dramatic roles because that's the side that they suppress when they're on stage. But when they're off stage, they embrace it. So that's why comedians do a great job at dramatic roles because they have that they have that dynamic with that dramatic role that they can't do. But like I said, well, Hollywood is it's one of those things where unless you have a name or you've shown that you can do that type of work. Like Will Smith is one of the most, I would say he's one of maybe five big name actors who can do any role, but that's because he's made his career that way. Generally, most actors don't get the opportunity. If you're, you know, Robin Williams, rest his soul, Chris Farley, well, Chris Farley was always comedy, but Robin Williams, he was doing some dramatic stuff. You know, he allowed himself to do that. But generally, you know, Chris Farley, uh, Steve, Steve Martin, you know, some of the big names, Kevin Hart, they always get cast in the comedy roles. That's just because that's how people see him. Now, I have seen Kevin Hart try, you know, dr- a drama. It, it just doesn't work the same way for him as when he pairs with Dwayne Rock Johnson to do a comedy piece. So, but it's just, it's just, you know, a lot of these executives, they look at you and say, okay, we see you making more money in this type of role than in this type of role. So it's a risk and a reward, you know, and when you're not the one who's betting the dollar, you know, the money, sometimes you don't get to make that choice. You know, you know, if you got 300 million to front a major movie project, then maybe, but a lot of these uh, executives, they want people they know are usually going to be good at a certain skill. So if I know that you're good at welding, why would I get you when, when, uh, why would I get the other guy who can just study and play that when I know you're good at it already? I need to train you. You know, I already know you're prepared. So it's a business. Like I said, it's a business first and foremost. And I think so many people forget about it because, you know, you see the red carpets, you see the lights, the flashing cameras, you see the nice suits. You want to be like that, but it's a business first and you got to treat it like that. 
Or do you feel like you're kind of handcuffed when it comes to trying to be yourself when you're trying to get into Hollywood? I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. Yes, you have to. You know, you know, it's you you have to unfortunately you have to tone down who you are as a person. I know as a New Yorker, I'm I'm more upfront and straightforward than I usually present myself to be just because I I've learned how to you know, my public persona and my personal persona are different. Not that I'm, you know, when I'm I'm like Batman, I you know, I do crime and stuff, you know, when I'm not, in, you know, in front of the cameras, but I know that I can't do thir- do certain things. I can't say certain things because feel, you know, that's just a society we live in. It is very it's a very uh sensitive time and you have to be careful who you step on, you know. So like I said, you know, I've I've heard of casting directors listening to my podcast. So for me, you know, my agents are thinking, oh, he he's perfect for this role. They listen to the podcast. Oh, he said this about me or uh, uh, a group of people. He said this about the LGBT community. Uh, he's not going to be a good fit. So, you know, when like I said, it's a business. So for a lot of these companies, Disney, I get a lot of uh, opportunities for Disney, right? When you mm-hmm. audition for stuff like Disney, for instance, you know, their clientele is not rap artists. Then it's not rap groups. It's children, families, you know, the the working class, right? So for them, when they're looking for someone to play, you know, Steve on Blue's Clues or Yo Gabby Gabba Fences, right? They want somebody who has that cookie cutter uh, uh, image to them. So they don't want somebody when parents Google the actor, you know, they point shots of four local down their throat, you know, they... They're having porno tapes on the internet. So it's, it's, you had to be, you have to separate your business. So for me, you know, I wouldn't even say for me, but for other actors, I know they have separate pages. So they might have a social media page strictly for acting, and then they'll have one for their public life and they keep that private. So it just depends on how you navigate it, but you do have to tone it down because, like I said, as a business, do you want to, you know, as a, as a patron, you know, when you go to a restaurant, do you want, you know, the owner might be a party type, but do you want to go to a family-owned restaurant that have girls in bikinis walking around because that's the, what the owner wants? Or do you want a more family-friendly environment where you can take your, ch- your children? That's how you got to look at it. You know, unfortunately, you have to be that way, but it's just for anything in walks of life. You have to know how to move around different groups. What you do with your buddies, you won't do in front of your grandparents, right? The things you that's... do in front of... You know your girlfriend, you won't do in front of your mother. You know it's just it's it's that simple. You just you just learn how to you know maneuver in society. That's all it is. And the problem with Disney though, they're going downhill. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> don't get me they're, started. <laughs> they're losing money because yeah. let's face it, they're pushing agendas instead of a good story. And I, well, I'm I'm afraid a lot of 
Hollywood is trying to push an agenda instead of a good story, which is why they're losing money. But you got a movie that comes out like Top Gun Maverick. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good story makes a couple billion dollars, you know. Right. Now, this might seem a little controversial to some, but you say you want to get into like the superhero movies. Right. Okay. Been a comic book lover all my life. And I like my comic book movie to reflect what's in the comic book. Unfortunately, that's not what seems to be happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you but we've we've got a lot of good characters that happen to be black. Not just your Black Panther and whatnot. I mean, you you've got like Power Man. Okay, I know Mike Coulter has played uh, played him on TV, but there's there's a lot of characters that are black that are good characters that we want to see come to the big screen. Right. Why do you think that they have to take a traditionally white character and make him black? Just to have a representation, don't don't they have enough faith that a good black character can make it on the big screen? I think it's it's the society we live in. You know, a lot of these, you know, a lot of these people behind the camera, they just see the demand, and you know, it's a risk that they're willing, to, they're not willing to take. And that's the part I do agree with you on uh, that wake mentality. And this don't, I'm not calling out anybody. Right. But I see a lot of these shows. Like I was watching Batgirl and, you know, some of these other superhero uh, TV shows and stuff that they do. It's clearly, you see, there's clearly an agenda, you know, they making people, you know, bisexual out of no, you know, out of nowhere. And, uh, and it's not, you know, any way saying that I don't like, you know, that group of people. But like you said, why are they changing, you know, traditional characters and stuff? But it's just because that's what the a lot of people's society want. And, you know, for a lot of businesses, are you willing to risk, you know, $300 million, you know, just for the sake of keeping the um, keeping something intact? So I don't I don't like it either. I, I, I do think I you know what it is? I think for so long, Hollywood has been a white powerhouse, if you will. Most of the actors you've seen who got their big break were white. And usually they got all the roles. You got Arnold Schwarzenegger took all the action roles when he was around. Arnold uh, Stallone got all the action roles when he's around. And then, you know, other minorities usually played the same gangbangers, criminals, thugs. Mm -hmm. So I think for so long people saw that and they now has changed the landscape to more diversity to be honest with you i i don't hate it but it is weird because i remember right before the pandemic i look at how when i used to get auditions right it used to say male or female right now i see male male female transgender cisgender uh just a whole bunch of stuff and like i said i'm not trying to be homophobic here but I look at it, I'm like, what are we doing here? So it and it's like I said, it's just making it a little harder. It's making it easier for anybody to now get stuff. But now you're seeing that everything is open to interpretation now. And I mean, I do think fundamentally certain characters like Superman, 
people are going to push back on it and turn black and Latino, right? Because they like, have you know they are making a black Superman, right? You know what it is? It's that multiverse. Doctor Strange started it. You know, Marvel started the whole <laughs> multiverse thing. They started, and you know, it's funny. I'm a, I'm actually this too because I had this conversation with an acting buddy on my podcast. Marvel slash superhero movies have changed the way how people view movies altogether now, right? Most people flood to only see superhero movies now. That people don't go to movie theaters is what they used to. They only go when Ant Man comes out, when Captain America. Captain America comes out and the Avenger movie come out. Anything with a superhero superhero name in the title, people go see, right? So now the problem is, you know, first is I was talking to someone about this training day. Everybody know most people know what training day uh, training day is with Denzel. Amazing movie, but that movie came out this year. It would not get nearly as much press and as much money because. Superhero movies, superhero movies are in demand, and we're seeing the power that comes with it. So Shang Chi, uh, the uh, the guy that plays Shang Chi, he probably would never have been a, a huge star that he was if it wasn't for that diversity and inclusion part. So it's it, it, it's one of those things where it is a good thing, but it's also like now nah, they're gonna be taking traditional like Batman, uh, Batgirl, Superman. They're gonna be making all types of variations of these characters, which is not a hugely bad thing. But I think a lot of people are gonna push back that. Why do we need a black Superman? Because you know what's gonna happen? There's gonna be a Latino Superman at some point. It's gonna be Asian. So it's it's just gonna be a never ending cycle. And may, what do you think? Do you think it's an inherently bad thing, or do you think it is a a good thing that Hollywood is starting to diversify their their pool of t- actors? My problem is, I. Th- I think tradition. If it's traditionally been a white character, it needs to stay a white character. Would you have good black characters that should get the opportunity to be on on big screen? I don't right. think. I I don't understand why we can't give them a chance. I mean, they thought they were taking a chance putting Black Panther out there, and look how huge that movie was. Right. Um. You've got. Okay, I know they tried doing it on on the small screen with the the Arrowverse, but you got Mr. Terrific. Well, you have a, a black character who happens to be gay. Why not put him on the big screen? We like that character too. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of them that we could put on the big screen that I think people would really enjoy, right. but they're not giving them a chance, and I don't think that's right. I get what you mean. I definitely get what you. I agree. Static shock. I mean, Mar- yeah. It's you know, I don't know why the. I you know what I think it's the easy way out. Easy way out. You know, if it, for for a lot of them they look at it, you don't have to build up. You know, uh, Martian Manhunter, right? Every most people know who Martian Manhunter is if you know DC. So instead of just putting a white guy, we can pull a black guy. It's less work to build this character up, right? And I think that's, I think a lot of it is just, we don't want to put the amount of effort it is to take an unknown name and, and build it up. And that's why Marvel is such highly regarded. Let's be real here. More people know Superman and Batman by far than they knew Iron Man, Captain America before they hit the main screen. Now, of course, they had their fans, but nobody mm-hmm. was clamoring to see an Iron Man movie or a Captain America movie. 
But Marvel has made these characters into what they are. But now the problem is because Marvel's dominating in so many ways, you know, DC is trying to catch up. So instead of trying to do the same thing, they just putting any type of minority or LGBT member into these main roles because they know we don't have to do the groundwork up like Marvel did. They already did that. So they they don't have to worry about how to build up uh 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 all right, so um Falcon, he's the new Captain America. I mean, they don't have to really build him up at this point. They're going to have to release a movie. It's going to do well. Um, and that's basically what it is. And a lot of people didn't like that they made Falcon the new Captain America. But you know what? I think Hollywood, I think a lot of, as the new generation, my generation, the new generation behind me is coming up, as we more people in power who say, you know what? Maybe we don't need to keep these confines, right? But I do agree with you. Why change Superman? He's always been white. And it's not even about, some people might say it's not about the color of skin. Superman stands for hope. And that's what it should be. But, you know, it's some aspect. It's like, I don't want to change everybody. I mean, it's it's not, it's not, it's not worth it, you know? But I get why they do it. But I get, I do agree with your point too. So I, I definitely agree. You know, Nick Fury in the comic books was a white guy. But I have to say, Samuel L. Jackson has done a great job playing that part. Oh, oh yeah. So, you know, I was like, okay, that that's not a problem. But, I mean, you're going to take Superman, who's one of the biggest names in comic books, and you're going to make him black. Well, why can't you just find another character and who's already black? And, you know, I, okay, I understand the buildup and everything, but... Nah, I I think if you really put a good movie out there, you throw that trailer out and it shows, you know, say Mr. Terrific and it's going to be an awesome movie, I think people would give it a chance. But right. they're not letting us have the opportunity to prove it. No, That's it's, not it's fair. A, I agree. I agree. I, I'm sure they're going to do the same thing with Batman at some point. They're going to do the same thing with The Flash at some point. I, I just... and. The, the good thing is a lot of these streaming platforms like um like uh, the boys I don't know if you watch that show it's on Amazon Prime the yeah. boys is basically the uh, well not the actual show but the actual characters are like low budget versions of the Justice League but mm-hmm. you see even that show super commander uh who's supposed to be Superman is white one the women in that show is white but everybody else you've seen the flash version is black you have some LGBT members uh so I think people are flirting with the idea of starting to break down those barriers. But like you said, if it's tradition, why why ruin it's not a bad tradition. It's not like you know anybody's getting hurt by keeping Superman white. Me personally, I never really felt like they needed to make a black Superman. But in a sense of equality and the, the meaning of Superman, I see why. Because they look at it like people want to see their own version of Superman. You know, Superman is white, but what about, you know, for black people, what about Latinos? What about Asians? You know, they want somebody who as powerful as Superman. Superman is like the most powerful being in, in, in you know, DC. Now, The Rock had um, Black Adam, but realistically, that movie didn't do so well. And on top of that, The Rock is in his 50s. They need somebody young to be doing 
those type of roles. But nonetheless, I do think at some point it's going to change. But who oh. knows? This is a cash grab. It's a cash grab. <laughs> Black Adam in the comics, I believe, was Egyptian, but I may Egyptian, be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but the rock fits that profile. He has the skin color, the bald head. It makes sense. The muscles, you know. But, but he's a minority, so it works. We are in a different time where, you know, you, of course, there's still prejudiced people out there. I'm not blind to that. But for the most part, it's not like it used to be. You've had a time during the 60s where you still had a, race, a lot of racial tension. I mean, right. real. I mean, it was for real. And you had someone like Stan Lee who came out and took a chance on making black characters and they became popular. So why can't we do that now? Laziness, cash grab. It's, you know, it's all about pumping out these moves as fast as possible. So it's, I think the days of the slow burn is long gone. You know why? Because most people, you know, from TikTok and this all plays a part in why a lot of these movies do the things that they do. You know, people's attention span is a lot shorter. People don't want to spend two hours, three hours watching an origin movie, you know? So, and if you're an unknown character, most people aren't going to want to do their research to find out about these characters. When Marvel first started doing Captain America and stuff, it made it easy because that was an unexplored territory. We had the Hulks and stuff, but they weren't what Marvel was doing. So people were interested for the first time. But now, even Marvel's suffering from that. You see in a lot of their movies, they're doing this not what it used to be. Why? Because it's all about turning out as many movies as they can. So it's not... I do think at some point they do want to do character stories and build arcs, but they also see the business side where people want to see more guns and violence and jumps and superhero feats. When you do origin story of, you know, let's say Static Shock, although for me, I know him, you know him, a lot of people may not know who Static Shock is. So for them, although I do think, let me, if I'm not mistaken, I do think they are coming out with one. So we'll see. But I think for them, it's the slow burn that they're like, ah, it's going to take forever. We could just take a popular name like Wonder Woman. Everybody knows who Wonder Woman is. We can make her, you know, a minority LGBT member. Bam. All the work is done. I mean, it's it's easy to just package that up and throw it out then have to start the pastry all the way from the ground root and make it and then hope that people watch. So I think it's just a cash grab. You know, you can turn out as many projects as fast as you can, make as much money as you, you can quickly. And then maybe at some point they'll probably do it. But it's it's the our society has made it to where if you're not being inclusive, you're, you're being, you know, racist, homophobic. So it's that label that a lot of directors, people behind the scenes want to, not be associated with. So what's the easiest way to do that? Take Superman, make him a minority. So, you know. Yeah, but let's let's face it, no matter what you do, you're gonna get labeled. No. I'm sorry. That's just no. Well, you know, they another thing is is they go and they make the man seem weak and the woman has to come in and and save the day. She that narrative is changing. <laughs> oh, they ruined She Hulk. They horrible. Died. Yeah, don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and I, I think I think people are are getting burned out and sick of it. 
and you're going to start seeing these movie superhero movies losing money and losing money because people are fed up with it. You're right. I think you know, look at the Marvels. That movie coming out is an all female cast. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the female cast, but I think people are, like you said, you know, the last story that came out, really, like, she was never a superhero before. Now, all of a sudden, she's she's wielding his hammer and she's saving Thor. Really? So, I mean, like, yeah. Hulk, I, I think many people are starting to see, uh, we're not huge fans of this woke narrative that men are weak, women got to save men. I, me personally, I just feel like just make a movie. You know, you don't have to have agenda. And so many movies, Toy Story too. I mean, even the children movies are coming out with agendas. And I, me personally, I just don't want why that has to be agenda with anything. Just it, people want to see a good story. People don't want a narrative shoved down their throat. And I exactly. think so many people are starting to see that. You know, especially at home now, where you have more time to relax, kick back, and enjoy the movie. You know, people are starting to see. What you know, why is this character kissing a what this that's not what it used to be? So I mean, I I I you know what it is? And I I, I won't like I said, I won't I won't harp on it too much, but I think what happens is people are seeing their beloved characters. I think that's why the beloved characters, Buzz Lightyear. Why are they pushing a you know a narrative with Buzz Lightyear? We've always known what Buzz Lightyear stand for. Is a children's character, you know, you taking your kids to see Buzz Lightyear and you seeing all types of, you know, things you didn't really expect to see in there. You're like, what is going on? And I think that's mm-hmm. one of the, I think that's how people start opening their eyes to it. We're seeing the beloved, you know, already built up characters and, and franchises turn into this new woke culture project. And it's like, why are you ruining it? You know, and, you know, I like I said, I ain't trying to rub nobody's feathers here, but sometimes you can't remake a, a hit classic. You know, Home Alone, such a great movie. Now you see the newest ones; it's horrible. They just ruining the legacy at this point. But it's because money, cash grab, and they see what the the, the people well, some people want, so they're going in that direction. And unfortunately, the mass amount of people are suffering because they're trying to appease that small audience but you know yeah. i don't know i think it's stupid they're trying to keep pushing it and i think they believe that people are going to change their minds but the numbers are proving that people are not changing their minds they want their beloved characters they want the that. stories they want good stories and when you're pushing your agenda on everyone else that just that totally takes away from what it's supposed to be in the first place. And right. That's my opinion on it. If they want to continue to lose money, then I hope they go broke. <laughs> it's, you know what? It, it's a, everything. It's a cash grab. Like, you know, you see in a lot of movie theaters now charging, they're doing the whole seating thing like airplanes do. Where you pay according to the seat. I mean, everything is just a cash grab now. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's annoying. And, that was one of the points I was making too, because my buddy, you know, he came on the show. He was talking about acting. It's the same narrative I use. It's like, you know, you have to choose which actor you want to be. Do you want to be a guy who could do everything and get paid less, or do you want to just do one thing and make more money? It do, it just depends on who you are. And a lot of these uh these businesses, they want to be all over the place to appease 
these small groups of people, but the, the their target audience, the people that actually matter, they they just trying to appease that small allowed group compared to the you know ninety eight percent that just wants a good movie, just to shove down the narrative. And like you said, you know some of these movies are just pure entertainment. Why are you throwing the whole narrative to it? You know you dressing this up for something it shouldn't be. We just want to see the person kick ass, take names, and go home, right? Now we yeah. got to sit through and watch a whole message of this and this and this. And people don't care. People just want to see a good movie and go home. You know, yeah. that, that's oh. how it should be. But let's go chase down the Joker. But wait, uh, let's have a gay kiss first. <laughs> I, yep. I, you know, if, if the movie and the story is supposed to be centered around that, then fine. But not when you got a superhero going after a villain it should just be all about that right you know what i, I mean? agree i agree agree it is the whole landscape is a mess and i you know time will tell as we've seen with time it's not it's not going as well as they probably thought it was i think at first it was cool, but I think it got overboard. I think people started pushing the boundaries a little too much. It was like, okay, this person is bisexual now. I can overlook that, but now you've seen full-blown makeout sessions, and you know, you turn the beloved characters into you know these type of characters. It's, it's, I think people will turn off to that. It's like inclusion well, it's, is one thing, but now you're dominating it with this stuff. Come on, man. Well, it's not real. That's the thing. That's right. not what these characters are supposed to be. And if you have a... I, I'll bring up Mr. Terrific again. He was supposed to be a gay black guy. We didn't care. That's cool. Right. But the, the stories didn't center around that. It's centered around him making all these gadgets and you know, being a cool crime fighter. That's what it right. was centered around. And that's what it should be. Mm-hmm. If well, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I get what you mean. Trust me, I, I know. <laughs> well, I think that they're pushing people in the opposite direction than what they're they meant to do. Instead of bringing people together, I think they're actually separating them more. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to like you for who you are on the inside. That might sound cliche. But that's the way I, I I am, you know. I don't care yeah. what your sexual orientation is. I don't care what the color of your skin is. I'm gonna like you for who you are. If you're cool with me, I'm cool with you. I know you probably heard that a million times, but that's the way it should be. I agree. Don't, don't think you're gonna force me into liking somebody. That's not how it works. I agree wholeheartedly. I agree. I think uh, the days of shoving down narratives and stuff down people's throats are long gone. I think people are starting to push back now and they see, you know, look, our society, like I said, I'm not calling on nobody. Our society is determined with these labels and putting people in groups. Oh, you know, I, I, I'm oppressed. Look at us over here. Or, oh, you guys feel this way. You over here, you're this group. Or you feel this way, you're this it's too many labels, too many groups here. It, it shouldn't be like that. You know, back then, you know, I, I'm saying back then, like I'm, you know, that much older, but just like 10 years ago, this wasn't a big thing. You know, I just think that we're living a very 
sympathetic. Uh, everybody's traumatized. Everybody wants recognition. Putting everybody in groups type of society. It's it's ridiculous. It's kind of it's kind of funny. We live in a society where people want to stop the labels to stop the groups, but they're also putting everybody in groups. It's like you know, exactly. don't tell me you know you don't you don't see color and you know you call everybody by a label. I mean it's, it's ridiculous. We are and it should be that way. Everybody's different. There's nothing wrong with that, but we don't have to put everybody in groups. But generally, you are gonna be put in a group naturally, and that's fine. If you're a black actor, Idris Elba, you're a black actor. There's nothing wrong with that. You just may not have to do the gangbanger roles that you know normally comes with being a black actor. You can do, you know, Hemdall and Thor and all that stuff. There are groups, but all these other subdivision groups is is nuts. It, it, I mean, just get rid of them. You know, let people live. Life is too short. I've realized this. Look, you could die tomorrow. Do you want to die on the hill screaming equality? Or you want to just... Everybody get along. You know, it's too negative. Everybody wants to do this. Uh, you in this group, our group is more suffering than yours. We're more oppressed than yours. I mean, let's all just make money, sit down, have a beer, and call it a day, shall we? <laughs> exactly. Okay, I'm in my 50s. I, I saw the change. You know, there was still that tension back in the 70s, but I saw it diminish as the years went by. What happens right now, it's all basically the propaganda you're getting on social media and the news. Right. Back then, it I mean, you saw it on the streets. You saw it. But I saw the change. I, and the thing is, when we were in school, I mean, let's face it. You became friends with people you had stuff in common with. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly. And, okay, I didn't have a 100 black friends, but I did have black friends. I had Hispanic friends. I had white friends. I had uh, some Asian friends. And we, we just got along. We played it at recess. We hung out at each other's houses. You know, we went to the park and played ball together. We don't get any credit for what we had accomplished. We were breaking those barriers and just being friends, just to be friends. Right. So why are we going backwards? Do they want us to not like each other? Is that what no. it is? You know, this, this is a conversation I've had plenty of times. Is the, the the power division is powerful. When you divide people, it keeps you distracted. And I'm not going to go into this whole, you know, there's a lot of conspiracy theorists around there, but I'll say, you know, this major problem's happening in, in this society that needs to be addressed. You know, the amount of kids getting shot by gun violence, you know, mm. all of these uh, chemicals being spilt. Like, there was a, a train derailment in Ohio. Most oh, yeah. people didn't know about you know, stuff like that is happening, but more people more I'm more oppressed than you. Everybody wants, you know, everybody wants sympathy. And the, the our media is they're making money off of this stuff. I, mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't even realize 
now New York people are calling New York Post a, a, a Republican uh, you know newspaper. They're calling this newspaper a Democrat. You know everything is a label. Everything I don't know everything. It's nuts. I mean, back then, yeah, it was rough. Back then, it was rough, but it wasn't many labels. It was just people, you know, a group of people hated one another. Now it's like this group hates this group, this group hate that group, that group hates that. It's, 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 it's ridiculous, and I think it's just like it's a way for our media and our government to keep people divided. When you're not together, when you're not working together, you can't change things, and it's it's sad to see so many people have so much hate in their heart. I've I've heard people say, "Oh, you're a Republican. I can't talk to you. We can't be friends." Why? I mean, I what, you just going to dismiss somebody just because of that? I mean, I, it's 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 nuts. It's a nuts time to be alive. And I know people are going to say, "Yeah, it's my generation that caused it." Look, I, I'm one of those people. I want to just live. I want to just live peaceful. I don't want to have to keep dealing with this. Aren't you feeling like this is racist? Everything is racist. Not everything is like yeah. this. Sometimes life just sucks, you know, and it's just this whole label thing, category, label, society, everybody's more oppressed than everybody else. It's just, it's just nuts. I, I just hope at some point that we move away from that. But right now, a lot of these media companies are making money off of these social media companies are making money off of it. I mean, it's, it's 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 just nuts. It's I don't know when it'll change. I hope it does, but I feel I bad for the is. new generation coming up because holy crap, holy crap! It's I see it. You know, I've worked at a uh a little shortly, but in Long Island, um, right after I graduated college, I was working at a a tennis facility, and like over the summer, it was you know it turned into a sports camp for these kids. Like these kids were from, I would say about five years old to I think the oldest is 13, 14. And most of these kids do not know how to play any type of sports. They were on a phone. They had a, a Nintendo Switch. They had a portable game device that they played. They they knew how to play that. But you give them a piece of paper to read the instructions, they they ain't know they ain't know nothing. They ain't know nothing. I is we have more important things to worry about in society. The lack of education with with kids. How kids know how to go on TikTok and post a video, but can't read the first page of a book? You know, they, mm -hmm. you know, it's this more, like I said, this more pressing, uh, more um, substantial things we need to be fighting. But you know what? What's easy? Why people aren't talking about it? It's because of division. Everybody's trying to fight each other. Oh, you you think you're better than us? We're here to prove you wrong. You're more oppressed than us. You know, we're we're here to help you, but. Then another group comes. Oh no, you're oppressing us. It's a it's a chore. It's a chore. Yeah. But yeah, they're know. trying to out victimize each other on TikTok. That's the word. Yeah, that's the word. Oh, don't give me star on TikTok. I know that's my joke. I hate it. I hate. I TikTok. quit using I, it. I'll be honest with you. I don't. I use quit it. using. I don't, it. I don't use it. I, I think in fact, stupid. I haven't really been on social media in like a month. The, the closest thing to social media that I've really been doing is LinkedIn. And that's only because it's more serious. Right. And but, you know, you know uh, I, I'll say, I do know a lot of people who are doing that, taking more breaks. I've even me subconsciously, I do take breaks. I'm not one. I grew up without a phone. 
I, although I did have a phone, that was the first thing my mom ever took from me when I did get one. When I got in trouble, she took it for, you know, months at a time. So I'm used to, you know, speaking face to face. That's probably why I act a little more mature is because I'm used to that. But many people, you know, grow up with devices attached to them. So everything is just, you know, right there. And I think that's one thing people need. Social media is an addiction, too. I think people just think when you put stuff in your body is an addiction, but you're putting social media in your system when you stare at your phone all day watching TikTok and Instagram videos. I mean, it's our society needs more. People need to get outdoors more again. You know, people just cooped at home comparing themselves to these Instagram and TikTok stars and, you know, all these stupid... I hate TikTok with a passion. A bunch of morons on there, but you know, that's the hip thing. People see these trends happen and eating Tide Pods, but eating dry cinnamon and people making these um, these trends famous. I don't even know about this trend. I just heard about it. It was a trend with a bunch of little kids going on on TikTok. How 12-year, uh, 10-year-old kids are on TikTok? Miami. It's a trend now where kids are suffocating themselves on TikTok. They put yeah. a pill- I don't even know about that. I mean, it's... it's- it's crazy. It's crazy. That's how that's how dangerous this stuff is. Mm-hmm. And what I'm afraid of is they're going to try and it's debate. Let's face it, it's already happening. They want a race war. They want to keep us separated. They want to be able to control us. Oh yeah. You call it a conspiracy theory if you want, but that's my belief is that the government wants to keep us separated because if we work together then they wouldn't have the power that they have. Absolutely. As how went the vision? It's like, you know, when you hear these stories about parents turning children against each other, it's just it's basically what's happening. You keep everybody distracted from the real issue, which is you know, this more pressing things, you know, our society would be a lot better. It seems like our society is I'm not even gonna say is worse than you know slavery, but I mean Holy crap. I mean, the only difference is we're not getting, you know, certain people aren't being put on the field or they ain't getting hit with, you know, all that stuff and being oppressed. But I mean, from the lack of, you know, cancel culture and all this stuff, I mean, it's just worse. I think social media has made people, everybody feel they're important. And there's nothing wrong with that. But so many people feel like they have a voice and not everybody deserves a voice, you know. And I just think that if people got off of, put down their phone once in a while. Like, even when I go out with my buddies, I don't... Once in a while, I would like to snap photos. I do now. I actually do like taking photos because I don't have a lot. But when I go out, I put my phone away. I don't. I ain't trying to be on Instagram all the time. But that's our society. You bring your phone everywhere. You're on social media all the time. And I think if our society took a break once in a while, people was like, you know what? I'm going to take a, you know, a week off took a break from social media, it'd be healthy. But what what's the problem? People's communication skills are short. People can't talk like this no more. Very few people can talk like this. No, they got to be like, yeah, man, so uh, uh, what is the next topic? You know, it's people don't talk. They just See, on their phone that, all the time. That's the problem. You've got this small minority of people that take up most of the time on social media and they're having you believe things are worse than what they really are. If yep. we actually talk to people as an individual, you will know what people's hearts are. It scares me because, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I usually have YouTube playing while I'm doing my work. 
I don't really watch a lot of regular television. And one of the, the topics that came up was that statistically with their their little poll they did that more and more black people are hating white people just for being white. But when I am out in public or I meet someone new who happens to not be the same color, skin color as I am, they're friendly. They're very helpful, very nice, very courteous. So is this poll true? Or is the people that I'm actually meeting on the street the way people really are? Because I I believe that's the way people really are is the <laughs> ones that I meet in person. Right. It, like I said, social media is giving so many people a platform to speak their opinion. Not everybody deserves an opinion. There's people who praise white power and white supremacy, and they got a major platform. There's people, like you said, who spew hate against white people. It, 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 social media has made it to where people can make a living off of doing whatever they want to do. And I watch... Even the most innocent things like fitness videos, you see the type of things a lot of these content creators do. Stupid. I mean, it's not fitness related at all. It's just entertainment and get people. People's attention span is short now. So the media knows that. Society knows that. So what's the easiest thing? They know people are only going to quit for five seconds. You know, a lot of YouTubers, that's mm -hmm. what they do now. A lot of their content is to captivate your attention in the first 30 seconds because they know if you're not, you're going to click off. So it, it you know, it, social media is a good thing because it allowed us to be connected and allowed us to be able to meet new people, uh, stay connected with family, you know, stay connected with each other. But mm -hmm. the ugly side of it is, is you know, everybody has an opinion on it, and everybody forms opinions and you know, make groups, even on social media. I mean, everybody's forming cliques and groups, and our media knows that people. We're living in a very divisive time. So what is the easiest way to keep people distracted? Oh, uh, you know, Woody Harrelson said this. Look at him. Well, you know, this major thing is happening. You know, it's, it's the easiest thing to do. Like I said, I think it's ridiculous that, you know, you see all these st statistics and stuff, and usually it's political agendas attached to them. But, you know, it, it's like if people lived in the real world and got off of social media, you'll see. Are cops are a lot of cops evil? I'm sure they are, but the average person when they go down the street, you know, I've like I said, I've had many friendly encounters, and I grew up in the in the city. I grew up in the projects that I haven't gotten. You know, now I'm not saying that's not the uh, that won't happen, but that's not every cop. Not every cop is a cop killer. Uh, 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 you know, a civilian killer. Not every cop is out here to shoot every minority. You know, but. That's a narrative that certain groups of people push and they know they have a fan base that is going to eat up everything. You know, it's it's nuts. I mean, I think if people just learn to live, but for a lot of these corporations, they know what's going to pay. Division. Division pays. You know, keep you distracted. I wasn't even going to bring that subject up, but I saw that today. And I'm thinking, why, why, why? I, why would you hate me just because of the color of my skin? I thought that's what we were trying to get get away from, right? But but yet they're pushing it. 
they want to fight racism with racism and then you know and to the point there's going to be those uh you know that minority of hateful white people that are racist and people are going to think that all the white people feel that way and it's sickening it's sickening it's a mess man it's like I said, it's the victim mentality. Everybody's trying to rewrite history, rewrite the history books, and, and try to change. That's not how you change things. You don't fight hate with hate. If everybody did that, we all be dead. You know, everybody. Exactly. You know, it's you know, but that's just how society. People are being rewarded for stupid and and outrageous behavior. Egregious behavior. People are getting you know record deals and, and making huge amount of money off of doing stupid things and doing reckless things and. Our society has made people, people are being rewarded for being victims, for, for complaining. You know, every time I turn around, there's a lawsuit about something. I, I slipped on the stairs. I'm suing on my apartment building. And mm-hmm. I do said this about Twitter. I'm going to ban them off of Twitter. It's it's nuts. I mean, it's, I, I miss the days of, it, it's like this analogy. It's like participation, participation trophies. Everybody's getting a participation trophy now. We need to go back to days where you got an award when you actually did some good work, you know? Thank you. Uh, you know, it's that every not everybody deserves a clap on the back for the most basic thing, you know? But that's just our society now. And uh, until most people wake up and smell a coffee, and most people, like I said, are burdened like this. I walk down the street most of the time, even when I have my headphones on. I'm well aware of my surroundings. Everybody's like this. You know, you can literally run up somebody and rob them and they won't know who did it because they got their phone like this. That's just what our society is. And I'm not saying it all is a bad thing, but I do think people need a healthy boundary. Learn to do research. People don't do research no more. You know, oh, you a Democrat? You voted for Trump? Oh, you a racist? Get out of here. I mean, that's just what people are doing nowadays. People aren't talking mm-hmm. to each other. If people had a simple conversation, not also social media, uh, off of social media, but I mean a real face-to-face conversation. I think that's where we start. If people put down the phones yeah. and learn to talk, because even that, you know, people don't talk face-to-face no more. People don't talk. Dudes don't go up to girls in the street no more and approach them or just in a in a setting. You know, they go on social media. People don't, when they have a disagreement, they don't go face-to-face with each other. They start texting. You know, I'd be in a room with people and instead of saying, yo, what's up, bro? They go on their phone to text me. You know, that's just the, the shortcut. That's the easy way. And I think exactly until we move away from if until we learn how to just have basic one-on-one conversation, all this stuff is gonna be just repetitive garbage. Cause until we learn how to communicate, you know, it's gonna be like one of those toxic relationships where we want things to change, but we don't want to communicate with another. So we're going to just continue this abusive cycle of you know, toxicity until at some point somebody decides, I want to change, you know? Yeah. Well, like you was talking about the whole victimhood thing, you know, our favorite movies and stories used to be about the underdog, the, the person that overcame whatever to become the hero. Instead, today's heroes are just given that power. No struggle right. or anything. Let's take Star Wars, for example. Luke Skywalker had to go through all this training to become a Jedi. And then he got his powers and whatnot. Okay. 
there was there was the that struggle to get there. Right. But then you come out with this new one, Ray, I think is her name. Oh yeah. Yeah. She has no training whatsoever, but all of a sudden has all these incredible powers and didn't really earn it. She just was given it. She was right. well, you know. I, I don't that that just goes to show people don't want to work for whatever it is that they, they get. They just want everything handed to them. Mm-hmm. That's another problem our society. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Are working, you know. It's like I said. There's some good things that's happening, you know. But it, everybody wants a reward. Everybody wants a quick payday. Everybody just wants to sit on the couch and do nothing. And it's like you know, like you said, people just want handouts for everything. I mean, I, I, I the amount of complaining I hear nonstop is ridiculous. People want a, a extra pay, you know, extra pay for. You know, doing the basic things. It's just, you know, people want to pat on the back from doing the most basic things. You know, I didn't realize I needed to ask for a $30,000 bonus to do my job. I mean, <laughs> exactly. You know, you know it, it, social media has made it that way. Everybody, you know, people are trying to change things and, you know, trying to, trying to make uh, you know, their own agendas work and, you know, you've seen a lot of you shouldn't. That's why I don't like TikTok. It's not because I don't think some of those people, some of those people genuinely just trying to make entertainment for people. But it, like I said, it, it's giving many people a voice that don't, it, not everybody needs to be heard. You know, not everybody needs to express their opinion, you know, and so many of these trends on TikTok are dangerous, stupid, ridiculous, but it becomes popular. Everybody wants to do it. Now, I've seen grandmothers on there doing outrageous, stupid things, you know, for views. It's like it's like it's ruining everybody. You know, people used to say it was a young, my, you know, the young generation. I've seen old people on there doing stupid things, too. I mean, it's, it's not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but it's because our society has made us aware everybody gets a participation trophy. Everybody gets rewarded for doing the, the <laughs> it's, I Like I said. I see. I see. People are looking at the money, the money and stuff that they make, and they're just looking at how many views they get, and they're not realizing it's doing more harm than good. Like I said, you know, I've had school teachers come on a podcast, and they tell me, you know, and they in these classrooms, parents, you know, making their jobs harder. You know, a lot of these kids come in. You know, they got a big old, they got two iPhones, a, a tablet, a laptop. They come into school with. You know, they don't do their homework, but they got all these gadgets. You know, they come in class. They want to be on TikTok, but they don't want to read the, the, the do the assignment that the teacher gives them. And a lot of parents aren't helping. You know, the parents are, no, Johnny. I'll give an example. The 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 place I was working at right after school, one of these kids called me the N-word. Just straight N-word. Called me the N-word, right? And his mother was actually one of the assistants of the facility. And... Her husband actually was an NFL player. He was he's retired now, but he was an NFL player. So he's pretty well known in that area. So, you know, a lot of counselors, you know, shocked you know, that he said call me N-word. So and you know, words get to her. She, after, you know, campus over, I go up there and we talk. So oh, he said this. Wow, can't believe he said that. So I'm not asking her to give him a, a, a lashing, you know, anything like that, but you know, discipline is needed. You know, all yeah, she did exactly. was all she did was say, "Hey, you don't say that. You know that's that's mean. All right, you don't say that. You're in trouble." Five minutes later, he's running around on his phone again. 
I mean, it's just like no consequences at no all. Consequences. You know, a lot of these kids, a lot of these kids, a lot of these people, because they live in this dream world of social media, they feel like no consequences apply. So it's like, you know, even on Halloween, I, 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 you know, me and my girlfriend laughed about it. It was funny, but I was serious after a while. I said, you know, imagine there was a kid Halloween. I was dressed up as Jason Voorhees. Love Jason Voorhees. But I'm like, this little kid was cursing me out on the street. I'm like, yeah. first of all, it's New York. Second of all, he lucky it was me because I knew I'd take a joke. Many people in New York don't play that. So when you got a little white kid and, uh, you know, you're talking to a, a black kid, a black guy like that, some people are going to kick this little kid or hurt this little kid. Some people don't play those games. And, like, some of these kids are getting taught no consequences at all. You know, parents are too friendly with their kids. Um, and then, you know, it, it really starts with the younger generation. It, if you, you know, 30 plus or whatever, you can learn on your own, right? But for these little kids reckless on Instagram and, you know, I should not be seeing 10-year-olds posting bikini pictures on Instagram. I, I shouldn't exactly. even be seeing that. But so many people are just all about themselves and they're not caring about what's happening to the youth. And I, I, I'm more afraid about the youth than I am about all of these uh, you know, me being a black man in the police because <laughs> I see with my little sister, you know, she's she knows how to she you give her a phone, she know how to crack it open, go on any app, do anything on it. But you give her a book, she's stuck, you know, and it's no, you know, she's worked on it, she's gotten better at it. But that's because we address that. Many people aren't addressing the issues at hand. It's like, oh, you disagree with me. Oh, blah, blah, blah. You, you deserve to go to jail. And it's, it's stupid. No, that's when people need to sit down and talk. And parents need to be parents. And they need to be parents first and friends second instead of the other way around. Absolutely. Man, we could keep this conversation going on. But maybe you can come back on and we can do this again. Oh, I would definitely come on. You know, I, I know people can't get enough of this charisma, right? You know, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's well, funny. I haven't had a conversation like this because normally when I have conversations, it's usually, you know, we talking about, you know, someone with a traumatic experience and talking about how they bounced back and recovered and be became successful. Like just stuff like this. I haven't done it in a while, mostly because I've been afraid of, at least doing it on my platform, I've been afraid of having what I say, push back and I, I'll admit that because I, I know we've talked about it. I won't shy away from that you know so many people you know they get to a certain point especially when you're a, a public figure right even for you you're a public figure you know you might th say things with the greatest intentions somebody might you know wake up one day and say you know Kyle I can't stand that man I'm going to get uh, him and you know if people even find out where you work they report you to your job I mean it, it, it's nuts and I wish we can have freely. And, you know, one of the good things, we didn't assault anybody. We, we didn't call anybody out. We just shared our grievances. But we can't even do that no more. It's just some, uh, hopefully not. But most people, you know, they try to just speak that somebody is going to start trouble. You know, it's, oh, I'm going to call you. I'm going to call your manager at your job get you fired. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it's stupid, you know. But I love, I enjoyed this conversation because this well, is something you. I didn't, you know, I love talking about acting. I do, but it's also nice to just be able to sit back and actually talk about the stuff I actually care about as well outside of that. So, you know, thank you for, for allowing me to 
express my topics as well. I appreciate that. Oh man, my my pleasure. I really enjoyed this. And I say I think we should do this again. But before we go, where can people find your podcast? You could Google me if you want Percy Brown, Prince of Fresh Air, and uh, you can find all my social media and my podcast stuff. So thank you for having me on. I appreciate it, Kyle. Well, I am going to put all the links in the description so people can find you pretty easily. And uh, let's say you're welcome back anytime. I'll be back for sure. I, I know people are going to want to ask, where is the Prince of Fresh Air? Where has he? I'm coming back. Don't worry. I'm coming back. <laughs> and you're more welcome to come on my podcast as well. So, you know, I'd we'll love keep that. that going too. Let's do that. And I also want to thank all of you out there. If you are new to the channel, well, first, I appreciate you stopping by and I hope you'll come back. Hit that subscribe button for my regulars. Hey, y'all make it possible for me to do this. So until the next one, everyone, please take care. Be kind to one another. God bless and peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Listen to the Vibes. You can catch us on Buzzsprout or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And on YouTube, follow us on Facebook at The Vibes Broadcast Network.